Hello, it's Vikas Pota, Chairman of the Vaki Foundation. You are listening to a session from our Global Education and Skills Forum, a place where leading politicians, businesses, philanthropists, activists, and of course, the world's best teachers share, debate, and discover new ways for education to transform our world. Keep the global conversation going and share your thoughts on the topics discussed with the hashtag GESF. My name is Philip Tan. We are here for an hour of pure enjoyment and discovery. We have a great panel and an audience to discuss how we can really take control of creativity. And we will learn how to champion creativity into our workflow. For those who need translation, we have it in French and Arabic. You can get your headsets from our side. Joining us today, we have three very distinguished educators from different parts of the world. We have Dr. Brian McDaniel, a 2019 Global Teacher Prize Top 50 finalist. He's a speaker, writer, advocate, music educator, and dream builders who is passionate about helping students to overcome obstacles through academic opportunity. He believes that all students need to feel the joy of success every day. He's currently the director of band and choir at Painted Hill Middle Schools in the Palm Springs Unified School District, California, USA. Next, we have Michael Wamaya, 2017 Global Teacher Prize Top 50 finalist. He has over 10 years of experience teaching ballet and social skills to most vulnerable children within the informal settlements of Nairobi. His programs explore creativity and human potential, believing and building confidence in them. He believes strongly that we need to provide a safe space for children to grow. <laughs> Last but not least, we have a lady who does not need much introduction, Andrea Zafiraku, 2018 Global Teacher Prize winner. Okay. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> She's a member of the senior leadership team and the, a teacher of art and design and textile of Aberton Community School. Andrea is also recognized as a cultural leader by the World Economic Forum. Let us put our hands together once again for them. As a creative director, composer and, and educator, I believe that creativity is a very precious gift that can be nurtured. This gift must prepare the students for the future because we don't know what the future is going to bring. But with the skills we learn in creativity, we can learn new ways to look at a given problem. We may even welcome challenges because we know that we are able to fill in the gaps. Creativity is not meant for the privileged few. Creativity is not just in arts, but it can be found in every discipline, every sector we are talking about. Once we take ownership of creativity, hey, we don't just do it in school, but we're talking about the entire life. This is a kind of reward. This is a kind of satisfaction we are talking about over here. Many of our students, they start off by following closely what other people have done. But the magic is when we help them to see and believe what they can do. And uh, this is the joy we are talking about over here. In this session, we aim to work out approaches uh, in a very digestible format. Uh, that all of us, whether you are in schools you're, or you're in an organization or even in a family, we can celebrate such freedom and openness. We want to learn how we can bless and empower our students um, to have this command of creativity. There will be three parts in today's presentation. We will start off by unpacking the statement, can you teach creativity? By each of the speakers, they will have four minutes to unfold this statement. Next, we will aim to have a discussion of the tools needed to help to put creativity into a strong support system that we can empower our students. And the final part is where we want to celebrate the subject further by listening to your views and how our three panelists can help you to bring the subject even closer to you. With that, I ask for your full attention and let's welcome our first speaker, Michael. Can you teach creativity? <laughs> so uh, I'm Michael Maya, as he had said, I teach ballet. And uh, over the years, I've been working for the past 10 years, I've seen children who are coming from very difficult backgrounds and with that, they are blocked in terms of aiming at looking upon their look, looking at their future and looking at life beyond their households, their neighborhoods, and their classrooms. And so, the questions of teaching creativity is always a very diverse question. And to me, it's like creativity 
is in everyone. We have different strengths, and uh, seeing children that never knew about ballet before, and they are now coming in to dance ballet, and they are also becoming like really good in dancing ballet. So I think anyone can be taught creativity, or I think anyone is creative. What they need is just a platform to express themselves. Mm. Thank yeah. you, Michael. How about you, Dr. McDaniel? He stands. <laughs> so before we could answer that question, we need to talk about what creativity is. Creativity is creating something new or something of value. For me, this is very valuable. You got to come into my world a little bit. My definition is curiosity meeting consciousness. When we look at creativity, it's happening all the time. So of course, I don't know if we could teach it because it's already there. The kids have it. We need to foster a culture where we look at everybody's strengths and allow them to grow. Everybody in this room saw me turn this stage into a drum. Your hands mirrored me a little bit, but you're the one that put the pressure. You created sound. So yes, Philip, we can teach creativity. We should teach creativity. Hopefully everybody here, congratulations, we're an orchestra. I'll see you guys uh, at five. Hey, wonderful. Andrea, what's the point of view? I completely agree. Um, creativity is something which is inside and as an educator and as a facilitator in the classroom, what we need to do is find opportunities for our students to get in touch with it, to help them grow, to understand it. And creativity for me is the ability for enabling the questions to be asked. How can I? What is? Why am I? How can I? Please, may I? And I think this is um, what we need to be encouraging in our classrooms for any young child. But actually, what is the risk is that we finish this in the younger age of a child's learning. And it should be something that should be developed, not just at kindergarten and nursery, all through a child's life and, and, and into um, their university life and then again into um, the, the adult world. It's something that... I do believe, um, I, I'm a bit reluctant with the word teach. I think we nourish, we nurture it, um, but I think it's something that we need to absolutely hold as being a sacred, fundamental thing in every human being. Yes, it's very important. Um, Dr. McDaniel, what condition of mind and environment are required for creativity to shine in students? People need to come from a place of openness, of acceptance. A lot of students are taught out of their creativity. They're taught right answers and wrong answers. There's a reason why people don't like physics and math, and they like music and dance and art. It's about the process. By allowing children to experience their world around them, that's where they get meaning. That's where they derive the answers. I wholeheartedly believe the cure for cancer is sitting in the room in front of me. Somewhere in your brain, you have a thought. And you might be too afraid to even say that thought because everybody said that's crazy. The crazy artist is the person I want to hear from because they're the ones that will change the world. Andrea, what competencies are needed to be creative? Just the ability to feel comfortable in the environment of experimentation. Mm -hmm. So to be able to think and have the ability to say, right, can I, let me try and see what I can do there. So I think it's being confident enough to explore, having the, um, the safe environment to explore, but also to be a, a risk taker. Yes, a risk taker. Yeah, to say, yes. like, you know, I'm going to try this, and I know it may fail, but I'm going to try this, and I, it, it will fail, and if it does, I will learn again, and I will yes. learn to develop that and learn. And creativity is not necessarily the outcome, it's the journey. It's the process. That's so what yes. you're learning when you are on that route, on that, on that transition. Yes, and I enjoy when you say it's actually a risk taker. And the nice thing about in the school environment is actually, it's actually a very safe environment mm. whereby it's actually yeah. a calculated risk somehow. That's right. Thank you. Michael, how is creativity important in leadership? 
Oh, I, it's very much important because, um, for instance, I'll talk mainly on dance. So dance has this very strong aspect of uh, bringing in empathy and kindness within you. So within my class, I talk of space. And uh, for me to understand, I need to first of all understand my space as a dancer and understand the space of the person next to me and the other person next to me. And I need to understand to treat that other space with respect. I need to be aware of my back. I need to be aware of my front. Mm -hmm. I need to be aware of learning every now and then. And so taking that into leadership brings in leaders who are highly qualified in terms of they understand the challenges that other people are facing. And so to me, dance has all the tools to bring in leadership. And dance has the tool to intrigue empathy, kindness, and to also develop the 21st century skills. Yeah. Yeah, which is very important. Andrea, how do you see the value of creativity evolving over time? How do I see the value of creativity evolving, evolving over, over time? time? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm. without creativity, our world would be so stagnant, so boring. Our lives will be stale. Mm. And there is a natural infinity to seek to want to be creative. It's part of human nature. And um, it's something that we must not uh, restrict in a box. It's yes. something that we must let come out in obviously very safe environments and, and see where it goes. And I think I'm, I'm really excited because from that report from the World Economic Forum, creativity is something which we know that our future students need to be yes. able to have as a skill so that they can then compete in the global environment for, for in the workplace. So um, having that statement there is such a good, I don't know, it's like, it's like um, you know, the spinach which Popeye has. It's, it's, that, it's that kind of um, enzyme, that catalyst mm -hmm. to ensure that governments maintain it securely in every single curriculum. Yes, which is very important. Mm. Thank you. How can you identify creativity in students? Is there a creative process with distinctive stages? How do you factor this process into your teaching? May I ask this to uh, Dr. McDaniel? Absolutely. You have to be a talent scout. <laughs> you watch your children. Mm. As a parent, I, I've had the luxury of raising six children. And from watching them crawl to walk was an amazing process. See, I grew up in a house where you couldn't touch the piano unless you could play it. But how can I play the piano if I can never touch it? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. <clears throat> so in my home, I have keyboards, guitars, instruments everywhere. And from the moment my kids can crawl, they started to play. I never told them how to play. I let them play. I showed them. I modeled. My three-year-old Caroline, she's a composer. She plays all the time. I never once showed her how to turn on the piano. She figured it out herself, her little keyboard. And she'll sit there and write songs. And it's watching that genesis of genius happen. You see, it starts with creativity. And from creativity, I'm sorry, I'm defining it with the same answer. It's levels of curiosity, if you will. You have to have an interest. That's the first step. From there, you have an engagement. Finally, you have an empowerment. No one had to tell my child, well, these are the four bars of music. This is how you notate it. This is how you write it. It just was natural. It's what she became. Mm -hmm. And who am I, as another human being on this planet, to tell her that she's wrong? Because she's not. She's going through. And that, I take that same philosophy with every single one of my students. I see them for the genius they are. And it's my job to magnify, enhance. Sometimes I even have to watch them fall because when they fall, that's where they learn. All right, wonderful. Just to let you know, I mean, I, I get to know Dr. McDaniel. He has extreme fear of heights, but yet he zipped through the line of uh, rainforests of Hawaii and parasail at the Pacific Ocean. So he's a person who always believed, leading by example, this one, this one. Thank you. Thank you. Michael, okay. do you think uh, creativity can be inherited? Is it inherited? Um, you know, when we talk of creativity, it's, it's, creativity is, uh, is very broad. And if we think of, I want to, I, I will be creative because my dad was creative, is wrong. I think we become creative depending on the circumstances where we are in. You'll find out that sometimes you're forced to uh, think of building a bridge because you've 
you have to cross the river. And so to me, I don't think it can be inherited. I think it's in everyone, and it just needs to come out. Yeah. All right. Um, would you be able to demonstrate with, with us today? <laughs> Shall we do something, guys? Are you guys ready? Yeah. All, right. all day, we've been just sitting. And uh, actually, I felt so nervous sitting here. I never sat down talking to people. I always dance. So let's do something very simple. He's going to play us a bit, and we are all going to dance. Who think they cannot dance? Lift your hand up and be honest. Who think they have two right feet? Okay. So let's do with our arms. Let's just do it sitting. So this is one. This is two. This is three. Oh, this suit. This is four. So one, two, three, and four. Shall we do it? Let's try. Five, six, seven, go. One, one. two, three, four. Now let's do it a bit faster. Let's go. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, and four. Yes, one, two, three, and four. Now let's add something else. Yeah? Guys, let's add something. Let's try and add our bodies. Yeah? Shall we do it once more? Let's great. add our body. Let's add any movement. If you want to add your feet, if you feel like standing, jumping, screaming, please do. You are free. Let's go. Are we ready? Five, six, five, six, seven, go. And one, two, three, and four. Go. One, two, three, and four. And faster. One, two, three, and one, two, and one, two. And last one, two, three, four, and one, two, three. audience. I want to start off by asking you a question now. Is the role of a teacher to teach creativity? What is the role of the other actors around the child? Let's think about it. Once again, is, the, is it the role of the teacher to teach creativity? Just um, a show of hand before you answer the questions. If you agree with the statement, please raise up your hands. Ooh. Is it the role of a teacher to teach creativity? Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Yeah. It's okay. This is a very safe community. You're here to learn, all right? Um, sir, later on, is it okay if I get you just to say a few lines? How about um, a raise of your hand, please, once again, if you agree with the statement. Um, Ma'am, is it okay if you say a few lines in a short while? How about for those who disagree? Who disagree with the statement? You feel that creativity shouldn't be the responsibility of the teachers, but perhaps the people around them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so creativity, who, who should teach creativity? So uh, who, do not, who disagree with that? Who disagree with that? Raise your hand. Um, can I ask a question? Yes. Do we need to teach creativity? No. So for my time, it's actually asking you, is it the role of a teacher to teach creativity? Is it the role of the teacher to teach creativity? All right. Okay. So raise your hand. Uh, if you disagree with the statement, disagree, disagree with the statement, you, you feel otherwise. Disagree with the statement. Uh, sir, is it okay if I get you to say a few lines in a short while? How about somebody from behind, if you disagree? Um, yes, can I get you just to say a few lines later on? Okay. Uh, yes, in the short while. Okay, can, can we have the microphone, please? We pass to this gentleman first. So is it the role of the teacher to teach creativity? Maybe we have this, uh, this gentleman over here. Yeah, and I said it is because I think education's role is to develop skills and attitudes in addition to information. So whether it be creativity or another skill and attitude, I think that's entirely part of the education domain. Good, wonderful. Okay, and how about you? Yes, ma'am. Right. I think that maybe this question is not precise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that teachers shouldn't block uh, creativity process, uh, in my opinion. I was thinking about my own experience from my childhood when I was uh, dancing for 10 years and nobody taught me how I should do it in a creative way. I was just repeating movements, so I, I ended without like the skills of dancing by myself. So I think this is the, the part of, uh, the very important part of teacher's role to help to encourage children, mm -hmm. so I think yeah, it's it's a, it's teaching, it's educating them how they can uh, how they should do it. But it's not about it, it's even more about not blocking this process. 
and probably not only uh, children should be teached to do it, but also parents and like, and also maybe it's a part of teacher's role. Okay, thanks. Thank you for sharing. Now let's have a listen to the alternate view. Let's just have a, yes, yes ma'am. Yeah, would you like to answer questions? I think it's kind of a loaded question slightly, but I think it's the teacher's role to facilitate, create an opportunity, um, to allow possibility thinking. That's how I view creativity. Um, but also to be creative in their role modeling as well. So it's not a you know, unit of teaching, and I'm reluctant to say that it should be. So it should be a bit broader than that. It's a way of thinking about things. Yes. Can we pass the mic to this gentleman over here? Uh, yes, I'll come to you in a short answer. Uh, to the gentleman in the front row. Yes, yes, please. Thanks. I think they probably already answered the question to a certain extent. I mean, it's like asking, uh, is it a teacher's role to teach breathing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to a certain extent, it, it's already there. Um, and, and I think the lady who said we mustn't block it. We've got to create the, the environment in which that, that it can grow. And I think the other thing that's fascinating for me is we, we tend to say creativity is attached to the arts. So we have a musician, we have a dancer, we have a designer, uh, and we see it all on this kind of soft, airy-fairy type subject. So I don't want to put it like that, but um, the hard money in schools is saying, well, you know, that's not where the money should be. But in the sciences, creativity is critical. Yeah. It's, the, it's the process of creating the blank sheet of paper around a problem and beginning to see it from a different angle. And, and once I think we get that into our policymakers, then we might get it a bit more into curriculum. The other thing, and I don't know if you're going to go there, is how the hell do you assess it? Mm. Thank yeah. you very much. I'd like to answer. Can I? May oh. I? I think, I think that is the problem, actually, because assessing creativity is challenging. And as a result of that, that's why governments are finding it very difficult to measure and to place a value on it in our school curriculums. And that's the block. If we can get rid of this assessment culture, which will then enable our teachers to be more flexible, more creative in their classrooms, which will enable our students just to succeed naturally, organically, then we will have this incredible um, opportunities and culture of just being naturally creative. And I agree with you completely about creativity in science. I agree with you in creativity in maths as well. Um, and by just uh, by not categorising that creativity should be just in the arts, that that is that's the way that we need to stop this thinking from this moment on. We, we can even teach music uncreatively. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I can teach art in the most uncreative way as well. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> but um, but it is possible. And I and again, there's so much. Um, sorry to be negative, um, but the the realities of, of a classroom. There is our pressures are that we in some countries um, we are dictated by the curriculum that we have to deliver. And if um, and the the curriculum more or less leads to the examination which the students will be taking at the end of their studies. So if that does not, if we're not measuring in a, in a creative way and if we're not really thinking about how are we going to assess our students to enable them to um, capture everything. So it's knowledge, yes. It's this particular skill, yes. But it's also their creativity. They're thinking of being critical thinkers and creative thinkers. Then I don't know what's the point. Yes, that's very important. We're always looking at the big objective itself. Mm. We fail to look at uh, personal development or exactly what we can do. And, and because of this, the way we measure success should be very different from one child to another yeah. one. Dr. Mangani? Yeah, I'd like to, to speak on that. Mm. I had a student who was autistic and nonverbal. Mm. Um, she was put in my class to give a preparatory period for another teacher, a special needs teacher. And so my class was an enrichment. They said, don't work with her. She doesn't speak. You sing, she'll listen. It's a, a great trade-off. She'll be my best behaved student. But I worked with her every single day, every day, because I believed. See, when you look into a child's eyes, something you can't assess is that fire behind them. You don't really put it on a Scantron, but you see it, you feel it. After two months of working with her, good morning. Little blue eyes came up and met my face for the first time and said, good morning, Dr. McDaniel. Her first words were my name. That was the most magical moment ever. And there's no test that can't say that child's not a genius. Mm -hmm. We kept on working with her. Five years later, she's mainstreamed. 
an autistic child, nonverbal, left in a room because a test said that's where she belonged, is now doing stuff. I think we definitely need to move away from assessment because it's punitive. Culture is music, is art, is dance, and you can find it everywhere if you're looking for it. Right now, we don't have the method to test the education that our children are receiving and that they deserve. If you look into the ancients, they had it right. We teach music to look at connectivity between things. We teach dance to learn about the body. And mathematics and science were taught off of those two principles. Yeah. And now we've moved away from it. And look where we're at now. If you want kids to stop shooting each other, put them in the band. Put them in the choir. Give them something to care about. Stop telling them that they're failures because they didn't hit the right button at the right time. Not everybody is meant to be a professor, but we're all meant to be human. Michael, would you have any view about this? Yeah, I think it's, it's more on just let's get, I never had a chance to go through high school, and here I am. And I never had a chance to go through university to learn how to use my computer. I taught myself. I taught myself how to code. I'm now teaching myself how to manage accounts within my own foundation. And so all this is through dance education. So by just understanding that practice makes perfect and it's okay to fail because that's what dance is. That have made me be who I am now. Mm -hmm. And it's making lots and lots of my students transform their lives. I have a student also who uh, she's now doing her last year of uh, uh, fourth form. Uh, of high school, and she had a scholarship through us. But she was broken completely because uh, she could not sleep because their house was flooded every time it rains, mm -hmm. and she could not sleep because the father and the mother had a lot of violence every now and then. And that brought, led her not to focus so much during her classwork. Mm -hmm. But if she's being judged the same way as everyone else, she doesn't have time to cope up, to understand the flip. But through dancing, she understood it. And as we speak now, she's doing a fourth year exam. And she's gonna, she now aims to become a neurosurgeon. And what she says is, I want to be one because I'm dreaming of it. Because I want to tell my other kids, children around Kibera, that it's possible to be one. So I think by focusing so much on academics, and not really academics, but focusing so much on exams and testing children, we are losing the bigger picture which is the children themselves. They also deserve to be children and to just be happy. Mm. Yeah. All right, mm. thank you so much. Now we want to open it to the floor. Thank you. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, uh, please ask for a microphone before you speak. Yes, the lady over there, please. Can you give her a microphone? Yes. Yes, good morning, everybody. I come from Uganda. Huh? And uh, uh, this is, the, of course, a, a developing country, a third world country. I'm Abdul Nasser from Uganda. Uh, the question is, is there the role of the teacher to teach creativity? I would think that uh, it may not be the role of the teacher, but is the role of the teacher to produce creative people? Uh, I would think so. Because uh, the, the children we teach, especially in those third world countries, come from very diverse situations. Some of them are actually brought out when they don't have, they don't feel like, when you get look into the, like he's saying, you see somebody who doesn't know why he's in school, what he has come to do, uh, virtually denied of every opportunity. The question is, uh, how do you create an environment for these people to succeed from, from zero? I think that's our biggest question now. What do you do exactly in a school setting of that nature? Uh, to give these children to, to develop those, so now they call them 21st century skills, yeah. which in the past we call life skills. Now they are called 21st century skills, but I think they are life, more of life skills, they are permanent there, but the children really need that opportunity. Our bigger question is, what do you do? What have you done where it has been successful? Thank you so much. To, to, yeah. stream, to mainstream it as mm -hmm. part of the school system. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank may, you, may I ask you a question, yes. sir? Yes. How much does creativity cost? <laughs> exactly, it costs nothing. Exactly. But so, and, uh, I think, and I think what we learned, what we saw here this morning with, yeah. with Brian um, dancing and the, the musical percussional genius on this side of the room and yourself in order, the fact that it, 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 there, there is no cost. 
yeah. to creativity. And by having, um, and I completely agree with you, by having the mindset of how do I, how do I actually, that's where you are starting to think like a creative thinker, because yes. you're asking the question, how do I? And by enabling your children in your environment to also be happy or confident to ask those questions. How do I manipulate this material? How do I change this colour into another colour? How do I um, start or try to start again? Or how do I change this mistake into a solution? Um, that's, that's where it begins. And I think it can absolutely exist everywhere. It's just making sure that we encourage it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Can I move on to the next oh. question, please? Amen. Hi there. I have two questions. One I've actually asked Andrea, and I'd love to ask to the rest of you all, which is um, we might not want to assess for creativity, but one of the arguments for assessing for creativity is to make it a priority. That if you test for it, then policymakers will care yeah. about it, yeah. and then it makes its way back into the curriculum. I'd love to get your opinions on that. And my second question is I've heard a lot of people say that um, parents are one of the biggest obstacles to the testing regime, that when you take away the test, the parents panic because they're not quite sure where their kids are. And I'm curious whether you all agree with that, or if it's not parents, what are the biggest obstacles to getting rid of testing? Thank you. All right. And one of you would like to answer? Yeah. With music, parents really don't need to have an update every day because you want to test it, go to the concert. You'll know instantly. I kind of want to bounce back to, and hopefully this will answer the question. Everybody, if you can, raise your right hand as high as it'll go. Do you got it? Now raise it higher. <laughs> so I have a couple of people who obviously heard me speak in America. <laughs> but this gentleman right here, and you said, how do you teach it? When you raised your hand, go ahead and raise it. It, it was so small. It was so small, but his hand went up just a little bit. And that's what teachers do. We push people out of their comfort zone where they said, this is all I have. And I give them just a little bit more. And we do that every single day. Every single day, we help them grow. By doing that, they're going to start building that inherent motivation to do it for themselves, to do it for their friends, to do it for society. We had our speaker earlier this morning talking about running 100 marathons in 100 days for water. That's something that affects all of us. I was moved by it, and I know you were, but we need to have that same passion for all things. All right, great, we have water. Where's somebody gonna sleep tonight when we have so many homeless? Mm. We have the medical wings to save people with broken arms, but we have the concert hall to save people with broken hearts. That's where we're gonna find our compassion. If you wanna have more love in the world, it's created on stages like this. Right. Mm. That's very good. How about any take for the second questions about the parents? Oh, I was uh, about grading, for instance. Uh, that, that's a question, yeah? Yeah. To me, um, I find it important, but it depends on how we, the methodologies we put in place to uh, get to analyze, if to analyze creativity and to analyze grading. To me, I think we need to test children on different things. We need to test them on how well they can fold their clothes from morning, how they folded their clothes last year, this year, and the next year. <laughs> we need to test children on how are they sharing the small possessions they have. And we need not to test them. How could I test a child living in Kenya to use a computer, yet he doesn't have one? How can I test a child to learn English, yet he has his mother tongue, which he's struggling with? I think we need to redesign the mode of testing, and that is maybe uh, towards the policymakers to think of that. Like, if we change out the way we test, we will get to understand why arts education is important. Right, thank you so much. Uh, we have a gentleman who would like to ask a question earlier on. Yes, yeah. It was a comment more than a question, but creativity and, and critical thinking skills, I think, come from curiosity. And yeah. curiosity is built into our DNA as a species. Yeah. Yeah. We all have it innately. And the only way you can call, I mean, I, I think the WEF report around 21st century future skills is a great report. But the only way you can call creativity a 21st century skill is if you've lost it somehow in the 20th century. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not about teaching creativity. <laughs> yeah. It's about as the well, nurturing yeah. and it's about not blocking. Yeah. 
that's yeah. the true challenge because we all have it innately. And, and that's quite interesting because um, this is what, why I think the new creativity assessment from the PISA and OECD, this new test is coming out because now they're developing a creativity test which goes back to your exact question, have we lost it? But now we're looking to absolutely home in on which countries are doing it. And I'd love to know which countries are opting out. Because that will be interesting. Why, mm -hmm. why, you know. So, uh, yeah, fascinating point, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Um, thank you. Uh, my name is Kwesi. I teach at, well, I, designed the, I help with the learning design at Moringa School in Kenya. And it's, I want to bring the conversation back to creativity and technical um, fields a little bit. Because, for example, we do computer science training. It's absolutely critical that these students are able to be creative, are able to have growth mindsets, are able to collaborate. Mm. And so part of how we try to, I guess, drive that is by building these rubrics around soft skills. And you know, we have all these peer observation um, kind of metrics to help kind of translate whatever student, however students are growing. And the reason we're doing that is, is, as the lady said, we want to be able to communicate with the policymakers, communicate with government better, to be able to drive change. I guess my question is, are we going down the wrong route completely by trying to quantify these things that are inherently unquantifiable? Should we be trying to think about this in a very different way? And I guess I'd like to speak a little bit more concretely about how we might approach it differently in order to actually foster creativity without completely getting disregarded by the government in the of the country you know, we're living in. I think, Quincy, getting rid of that annoying word, soft skills. Yeah. That just, that almost is a slap in the face, really, isn't mm -hmm. it? I mean, what, what does soft mean? That they're not valued? <laughs> that they're not important? I'm leaving that <laughs> question out there. <laughs> you know, I've got it, it just frust it frustrates me. Yeah. It should be important skills. Yeah, well, life skills. Yeah, social skills. Any other skills? Let's throw it in there. Answering this question, a lot of the things are quantifiable. It's just they don't put value in them. My doctoral research was looking at standardized testing of kids in music versus kids who are not under the same conditions. And test after test proves that music, dance, art, kids who are engaged will be engaged in other subjects. Just like kids who speak a second language, when you nurture their first language, the second language grows. There's also studies that show if you only go to the second language without any recognition of the culture of that child, you're doing damage to them. Mm -hmm. I inherently believe you communicate through dance. And if that somebody took that away from you, they're robbing you of your yeah. creativity, they're robbing you of your soul. Likewise, I'm a child that was dyslexic and I was put in a special room with special teachers who told me I was less than all my other peers. It wasn't until they put a horn in my hands that all of a sudden I became a genius. <laughs> all children are genius. It's just what it is. If you start seeing kids for their value, then we're gonna have a much better world. But when we try to quantify them and put them in boxes and the standardized test, that's exactly what they're meant to do. If every child scored 100%, there'd be another exam made next year to say that some kid is not as good as another. And that is wrong, period. Thank you. I, um, um, this lady first, yes. Can, can we have a mic for her, please? Second row, yes. Hi, uh, my name is Iman, I'm Arabic teacher. Uh, I have a comment about creativity. Well, teachers don't teach creativity, but just we teach kids how to find a way to bring new ideas and uh, new thinking. So let's say I teach Arabic. Arabic is so difficult as any other language. I teach it for um, native and non-native speakers. Uh, in, in the f beginning of my career, I was uh, teaching students and everyone just looking at me, uh, opening mouths, no one understand anything. So I stood in the f uh, middle of the class, I throw my pen behind for sure. And then I said, <laughs> okay, I'm bored, that means you are so bored also. Let's think, stop the class, what can I do? How can we learn Arabic? And I started to, to uh, listen to their ideas. One of them said that he loved beatboxing. I said, that's great. Our lesson is about human body. So let's give me beatboxing. He started to do that. 
that's about music. And then I started to give them the lesson, the, the words with, with me showing what I mean. And then they start to do it. At the end of the second class, we performed that in the theater. So if I will never, I will never make all the class with all the uh, uh, different levels I have understand and keep um, remembering this, let's say this way, because when a new teacher came this year and she asked me, how did you teach that? From where you bring the songs you, you teach uh, the students? I said, we just, we just create that in the classroom. Sometimes I take them to the field, bare, bare feet, just walk. Wonderful. Let's uh, just think how to change the class. How to how can we make like anything new? I jumped with them on the pool. Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much. So, yeah. thank you, thank you. It is uh, it, it is so obvious that when we when we are having fun, that's the best way of learning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, can we have the next uh, person to ask a question, please? Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm from Pakistan and I work with TCF, which is the largest privately owned network of schools in the country, and we work with underserved communities. So we work with teachers, essentially, who are local women from the community. These women themselves haven't necessarily experienced that kind of creativity in their upbringing, in their education. And I'm just wondering if whether we want, if we want to create it if we want to create creative classrooms, do we, need, do we need creative teachers? And if we are working with people who haven't had the opportunity to unblock their own creativity through the way that they have been raised, how can we work with those women to unblock those pathways so that they can create those spaces for their communities? I think everybody here in this room must have a certain level of exposure, a certain mm -hmm. level of access, but how do you get that to the communities that underserved communities that need it most using the human resource that is available. Thank you. I think it's dance, just dance. <laughs> <laughs> and following up to that, yeah. what if, like dance is a beautiful thing, but what if you work with really, really conservative communities? Because I think it's, we do, pulling we them, it's, it's yeah. always pulling people off their comfort zone. Yeah. And with that, there'll be solution. Try it. <laughs> I think I think Iman had a fantastic example of what can be done as well. The fact that she said, right, this is not working, and let's think differently, and maybe ask my students, what, how do yeah. you learn? What is it that will help me to get the message through to you? And now, for a teacher to do that, that's extraordinary. To feel that vulnerable and say to their learners, Tell me, how, what, what do I need to do? How can I be better? Or what is it that, you know, what's the way that you prefer to learn? That's quite extraordinary, very powerful. But again, it's having that moment as a teacher of thinking, right, okay, they're not getting this. I need to change my methods and how mm -hmm. am I gonna do that? So there is that kind of self-realization, but I think um, another thing which we really undervalue is the power of learning from another colleague. So teachers learning from teachers. The more that teachers get to, I mean, when we get together and we start talking, we don't stop, do we? I mean, <laughs> it's just such an incredible conversation. We, you know, we're like, oh, I've done this, I've done this, you can do this, you can do this. You know, so it's um, getting teachers together, sharing ideas, um, sharing suggestions. That's a really powerful way of, of developing an individual as well. Can I jump in here real quick? You mentioned something, and, and once again, and I, I don't mean no disrespect on this, I work for a university, for Brahman University, and I work with a lot of mothers who spend their whole lives raising their children, and now they're finally at 50, 60, 70, going to the university. And they said, I've done nothing with my life, and once again, being a talent scout, I'm like, yes, you have. You raised those children, you went to the market, you budgeted, you took care, you had leadership, organizational skills. I think you're downplaying the skills that those women have that they're teaching those children. And I think you need to look at it from a different pr perspective. Ask them questions, how would you do this differently? Mm -hmm. If you're not winning, change the rules, you know, and give them that autonomy. A lot of people live their life in fear. Their fear of being wrong or being judged. But if you could strip that fear away and say, I want you to grow because you're gonna help our kids grow, 
You know, you're doing the noble work, and I'm here to support you. That's what teachers, funny enough, that's why we're on this stand, is to give teachers voices, saying, let the teachers teach. Stop telling us what to do, because your methods are not working. Mm -hmm. The assessments have proven that. We're up here because we're the rebel teachers who didn't listen to the instructions that were put in front of us. Right, thank you. This kind of openness to, uh, to experience something very important itself. We talk about getting the students to have this such, this such openness itself, but not forgetting teachers need to have the openness as well. We need to be in a ready zone that we're able to pick up and Im immediately we're going to react to that. If we let it go for one or two days, that's it. You know, think, know, things will be gone. I just think we like have that. to be accountable. That's what yes, you're saying correct, as well. Exactly. That we, you know, it is our job. These are in the in the classroom. Our, these are our minds. And I, I heard someone. I'm going to nick. I don't know who it said. Who said <laughs> it? But I'm going to nick their quote. And they said that you know, in front of me is the future of the world. So it's the teacher's responsibility to make sure that we do our best in our classroom to try and access that. It's not acceptable to give up. It's not acceptable to say I can't or. You know, let's leave it another day. It's, it's, we need to find ways of encouraging and trying to get through to our students, whatever it takes. Good, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I can only take in two more, last, um, two more questions. Um, may, may I have you, please? Yes. Uh, can we have a mic for her? And followed by you, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, the lady thank, thank you. Um, fantastic sure. discussion. Um, I'm from London, from the Victoria and Albert Museum. And um, one of our projects, we're recreating a, an entire museum for young people, which puts this idea of creative confidence at the heart. And we're thinking a lot about creative problem solving and becoming a, a training ground for future yeah. uh, change makers. And I love how the discussion has talked about compassion and empathy. Um, and you know, we've got a lot of, obviously, from Kumar's um, reference earlier on about the one laptop per child which failed because it didn't take people's needs mm. into account at the heart of it. Um, and so this you know, outwardly looking, working, iteration, experimentation, fantastic. My question to the panel is, for each of you, what does creative confidence look like um, and how do you foster that in your young people? Creative confidence? Oh, Michael, maybe if you can get Michael. Uh, Michael. So to me, okay. No? Michael. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, creating, to me, confidence in uh, students is them being able to dare. Being able to dare to do something that is completely undone. Being able to think differently. And being able to say no. And uh, being able to make choices. And standing by those choices, even if they're extremely wrong. To me, that's confidence. Yeah. And uh, I find it amazing how it comes out through dance because when my students create something by themselves and they are not scared of what people are going to say about it but they are also ready for critics and they are also ready to hear people's views and how they can improve it so it starts with that and now they can build that and take it into other disciplines that they have yeah wonderful dr McDaniel. yeah um I talked about this a little bit before, but I think creativity is a three-year-old. Watch a three-year-old and how they move. My little Caroline will climb up on the table to get cookies, and there's 5,000 ways she'll figure it out, from getting the chair to getting one of her siblings. If you can still harness, now I'm not saying I want my teenagers at the high school to be crawling on the desks and stuff, but to harness that same drive. If they really want to go to college, they shouldn't be sheeple following in line with the next. They need to really put themselves outside the box. And if you're going to do something that you want to do, you might as well be the best at it. We need to stop comparing each other to each other and just be individuals. By having an individual plan where college might not be for everybody. I have a colleague, and we all have a colleague, Brian Copes, who I honestly think is going to help save this world with making uh, containers into classrooms. And he does science labs. And now we're talking about literally building a music concert hall that we could take on the road and perform in any country, in any place, and have a you know, philharmonic concert just in a few moments. Though That's really creative if you think about it, when that box was just a design to move cars from China to America. And now we could create a, a concert space. <laughs> Andrea? Uh, um, I 
I agree completely with the gentleman, and I'm not really much to add, but I'm just reflecting now on, on the students I teach in my school. And I think for, for what I've noticed is that there is a huge issue with our youngsters that they're too frightened to make mistakes in front of their peers, mm. and that there is a pressure on them from social media. I've got to look like this, I've got to be like this. I don't want to put my hand up because if I get the question wrong, they'll all laugh at me. So what what is that word? Is that word... Um, it's okay not to fail or go for it. I don't know what it is, but it's that kind of resilience that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes because I will learn from it. And having that attitude, that growth mindset, that, you know, this is not right, but it, yet, but it will be. Wonderful. We have time for the last question. Yes, please. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Lamias. Uh, I'm from Lebanon. I teach uh, in an NGO, okay, in public schools. Uh, my question is, uh, do you think that... Uh, creativity could be killed in, in students, in such students, yeah. and uh, in such situations, and especially if you are teaching higher uh, education, like higher secondary or something like this, and in tough subjects like math or sciences, what do you do? I need an advice because I'm teaching math. <laughs> Don't hate me. Can you... Can you um, ask the question once again? Um, yeah, Perhaps okay. you had to be a bit louder as well. Okay, I'm sorry. So it's good like this. Okay, so uh, my question is, do you think that creativity could be killed in students? And, uh, killed. Yeah, it, yeah. If, if we are saying that this one as a skill, okay, uh, this is first. And what do you do in this case when you are facing such students and you are teaching uh, like subjects, math or sciences? That's Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to jump in and take that right off the bat. My son, Max, and I have a lot of kids. So I apologize. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? Uh, <laughs> Your wife's... <laughs> yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> we have its own record. It's all right. My son, Max, wanted to, and still wants to be an engineer, but there was a moment that he said he didn't want to be an engineer because he went home and and the teacher yelled at him. They said that this is wrong. He had the right answer. He didn't go through the right process. He was thinking in his head, and he didn't go step by step. And I saw him basically die that day. He was breathing, but he was a husk of himself. All of his dreams were washed away. As a public school teacher, sometimes I received kids who were dead on arrival. They were killed in somebody else's classroom or by a parent, which is horrible when that happens where a parent says, I want my son to play the saxophone, but that kid really wants to play the trumpet, or he wants to sing in the choir. When we're not listening to our children, we're going to answer for that later, because that's where you find these unhappy people. That's where you find people who are, have depression or other anxieties, because they're not growing up to the people that they ever once were supposed to be. If I planted a tree and let it grow, but I put my hand over it as it's in its infancy, it'll never reach its full potential. Our job is to be the sunlight to allow them to see their path. Wonderful. Thank you so much for such a lovely discussion this morning.